Wow, that is good fun. That is way, I'm having way too much fun here. Are we allowed to have this much fun in church? Yes, we are. That's right. God isn't boring tonight and He's not afraid of noise and Jesus is alive and He's happy and He's a wonderful God and He wants to put joy under your fifth rib. Amen. In that heart of yours. Some of you, what you need tonight is just to get dipped in God's Spirit. There are people here and in in the midst of all the the joy and the the things that we feel, there are people here that are desperate for God to move for them. And I know every place that I go, many times behind the smile and behind all the other things is people are people. Hands up if you're a people tonight. (laughs) Okay, so being people, we normally have a few things going on. The good news is that God knows who you are He knows what's happening and He has the power to break you through. And I shared with the church this morning that please don't look at me as some kind of a professional preacher. I shouldn't be here tonight. I was gonna take my life at age 20. I was so just so fed up with this existence that we call life, drug addiction, uh, depression, demons. I was just really tired of it. And I was ready to commit suicide, but God did a miracle in my life. I didn't think I was going to make it through to 21, but I turned 40 next year. Now I know some, some of you said, I thought you were 12 or 15 or 21 or people that can never pick my age. You're like, how old? Just how old are you? I said, I'm eternally young because I'm drinking from the fountain of everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm here, not as a professional, but to let you know from one people to another people that there is hope for you. If you're battling an addiction tonight, God can set you free. If you're going through depression, God wants to give you your joy back. If you have no peace, you pillow your head at night and there's torment, I wanna introduce you to the Prince of Peace tonight. You know, the peace of God is wonderful, but the God of peace is even better. He's the God of peace tonight. And I, what I love about what I, this is my full-time job. I've been doing this full-time for nearly a year. And what I love about this is I get to have a front row seat in seeing Jesus Christ put people back together again. I've had people in many services that have tried to top themselves that week. I'm thinking of a beautiful young blonde girl that came into a meeting about two years ago, she's 21 years of age. And God had told me in the hotel room at 4 p.m., He said, there's gonna be a young girl there. She's gonna sit in the very back right-hand corner. She's tried to kill herself this week. And God said, you're not gonna go to the pulpit and start telling jokes and trying to be Mr. Charisma and doing all this stuff. You're gonna get up and the first thing you're gonna say is that there's somebody here who's tried to take their life. God has a message for you, don't do it. And as soon as I said that, this girl started crying. She made it through the service. She came to the altar. We cast demons out of her for about 10 minutes. She had one or two or 10. She didn't know she had that stuff in her. But you know, when you come into contact with Jesus, He brings out the things that need to come out and He puts in what needs to go. And that little woman, that little girl in one service, 
One service, you know, she, she found a flyer. She was about to check herself into the psychiatric unit. She found a flyer. The flyer said, you've tried everything. How about Jesus? She read it and said, that's right. I have tried everything. I need to try G. And she came, get this, she came to a Friday night service. We finished on Thursday. We extended for three days because it was going off. We weren't even supposed to be there. I said, honey, God has kept us here for you because He loves you. And I'm pleased to report God has done a miracle in her life. So I, I understand that in the midst of all the fun and all the joy, there are people here tonight, you need God to move for you. You don't wanna leave here and go back to that reality of your life. I know what it's like to live under that dark cloud and to battle demon power and to, to battle addiction power and to, to hate yourself and to struggle. Tonight, the struggle is over. You're in the hands of God, you're in the house of God. There is a God here who's gonna do a miracle in your life. And so, so I wanna talk to you about the just the most the most powerful thing I can think to talk about, it's, it's, I pre this is all I preach. I only have a few sermons. I do them a few different ways. The message tonight, I wanna talk to you about God's love. Because you know, when you read in the Scriptures, the Bible never says anywhere that God is power. Now, the, God, the Bible talks about God's power. It, it mentions that He has power, that He uses His power, but there's not one Scripture that says God is power. The Bible, though, has a wonderful verse of Scripture that says these words, God is His love. That means something. And what it means is that what God really wants us to know about Him is not His power. God can do a lot of cool, amazing, powerful things. But what He really wants us to know about Him is that He is a God of love, that He loves people, that He's interested in people, that He values people. If He had a business, what would God's business be? It would be the people business. That's what He does, it's people. And can I tell you, it's not good people that have it all together. He didn't come for the healthy or the righteous. God came for the sick. He came for the downbroken. He came for the heartbroken. He came for drug addicts, alcoholics, prostitutes, those that needed a miracle. Jesus is the people's Saviour. Amen. He, he's our Saviour tonight. So I wanna, I wanna talk to you about God's love and God's power. God's love is what moves His heart towards you. God's power is what brings the miracle. Now we need both, but we need God. If God didn't have love, He would keep all that power to Himself. But the title of the message is God's power and God's love, or God is love, and by the way, He has power. He has power, by the way. He loves you and He has power to help you. Matthew 14, verse number 14. We're gonna read some, I told you we were having good news this week. No bad news. There's enough bad news out there. We've got good news in here. Matthew 14, starting in verse 14. These are the words of Scripture. And when Jesus went out and saw, He saw a great multitude. That could be 10,000, could be 50,000 people. So Jesus went out, He saw the great multitude. Listen to what it says, number one. And He was moved with compassion for them. 
It means there was something in him that churned in his very bowels, in his very stomach, in his very heart, the very centre of his being. He was moved with compassion for them. It's like he choked up, wanted to weep over them. We know Jesus wept in one place. He was moved with compassion for them. God is love and He healed their sick. By the way, He has power to bring miracles. He was moved with compassion and He healed their sick. Do you notice it doesn't have it the other way around. The first thing that it says is God first had compassion and loved the people because He loved them. He said, hey, you guys are sick. Hey, by the way, I have power in my pockets. I mean, Jesus could throw power around like candy. <laughs> I mean, he had, he had the candy right, one right there tonight. Hallelujah. Joy. I'm talking about the joy lollies tonight. Amen. See, that's confirmation of the message right there. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, God has love and He, and he has power. Praise the Lord. We're going to minister this message and I want to talk to you for the first part of this, this message. I just, I just want, to, I want to convince you how much God loves you. Now, if you're in sin tonight, please don't leave this place with your sin. Your sin will cost you your, your life. It'll cost you your soul. Hell's no joke. Sin is real. Hell is still burning hot and you must be born again. It's the devil's, we're not playing with the devil. It's no joke, you must be right with God. But I want you to know that God loves you. And this is the message all through the Bible. John 3.16, that great scripture that hopefully everyone knows. For God so loved the world that He what? Gave His only. How many Jesuses did He have? He had one and He gave Him for us. He didn't have 10 Jesus. He had one Jesus and He gave Him. It says God loved the world so much He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Jesus would not perish in hell, but have eternal life. Now, the, the love of God is something God had to show us through Jesus Christ. The reason is, is God is spirit. And I think one of the, one of the issues that we have as people that, you know, we tap into spiritual things every now and then. Most of the time, we, we live in the realm of the natural. And so because God's world, God is spirit, the problem is we don't do spirit very well. And so when we think about God, it's like, what, what, what's our reference point? Is He a bigger version of a person? Is He like a really big dude with white hair that sits on a chair and ha, 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 he's got a big jolly laugh and, you know, what does God look like? What does His voice sound like? What does He think about me? Well, I can tell you what God's thinking about you right now. The thoughts that I think towards you, says God, are thoughts of peace. You wanna know what God's thinking about you? They're thoughts of peace to give you a future and a hope. That's what God's thinking about you. But because we've always struggled with God, people come up with crazy ideas of what God's like. Have you seen some of the pictures of Jesus, honestly? I mean, I've seen Jesus with a 12-pack. I've seen Jesus. I've seen brown Jesus, white Jesus, black Jesus, pink polka dot Jesus. I've seen Jesus with short. It's, that's not what He looks like. But man has been so confused because God is spirit. He's invisible. What does He look like? So God said, please put the pictures away, put the paint. I'm gonna, I, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna come down 
I'm going to show you what I look like. The Bible says God, if you like, wrapped human flesh around Himself, was born supernaturally to Mary, the virgin. And the Bible says that who Jesus is, He's the visible image of the invisible God. So God's invisible. Who's Jesus? Well, He's the visible image of who God is. And so when you read in the Gospels about Jesus, you're reading about God. When you speak and hear the words of Jesus, you're reading the words of God. When you look at Jesus, you're looking at God. When you come into contact with Jesus, you're encountering God because He is God. And so God gave us Jesus, obviously to pay for our sins, but I thank God that He hooked us up by showing us and what he was showing to his generation when, genera- when Jesus lived, Jesus was showing his generation, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And as you see me, loving on people, treating people kind. And you know, I have nothing, nothing against people falling over in church, but that seems to be the big goal everywhere you go these days. When I read the Bible, Jesus didn't push people over. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And I've been in services where the power of God hits people. But you know, when people go down, you can't do anything to them. I think the Holy Ghost goes, well, I was about to move, but Jesus didn't push them over. He pulled them up, right? I'm just throwing that out there for free. Because it seems to be in the church, that's the goal of everything. It's the peak of the service. What is that? How do you get healed if you're on the floor? Now, I've seen God lay people out for a long time, but, the, but Jesus was a puller-upper, not a pusher-downer. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, just, that's not even in the notes. That's, a, that's just a free freebie. But as you look at Jesus and as He goes around representing God, doing, showing the world what God is like, you just can't get away from the fact that when you look at Jesus in His ministry, how He talked to people, how He treated people, the things that He did, the things that He said, you come to the conclusion, God loves people. Why was it that He was drawn to the outcast and the outcasts were drawn to Him? Because they knew He cared about them. That's why Jesus would minister in a city. He'd get in the boat. Sometimes He'd just walk on the water to the next city. How did you get here? Don't worry about it, he'd say. But they said, we've come, they followed him on foot to get miracles because he had something they needed. And they came to Jesus knowing if they came to him with a need, because this man loves us, he's going to help us. The multitudes came to him, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me, open my eyes, cast my devils out, set me free. And the crowds came to Jesus because they knew coming out of Jesus was God's love because God is love. God loves people. Blows my mind. It blows my mind because some of us are very unlovable. <laughs> Pastor started talking about his testimony. Come on, think about what you, what, some of the things we've done. Why does God love us? Man, I should have been kicked into hell years ago. God should have just had me there like a soccer ball and go along. <laughs> it's where you, where you belong. 
But God is love. He reaches out in mercy. Grace is all about not getting what you deserve. That's why when people say, I wish what I, I get what I deserve. No, you don't. You don't want to get what you deserve. If you got what you deserve, you'd be frying. But because of God's grace, you're living and breathing and in God's presence. I see God's love in the Gospel of John 8. Who knows the story of the adulterous woman? Who's read that story? Ah, oh, this story, this makes my, makes my blood boil because those slimy Pharisees, which, you know, it's funny, the story says they caught her in the act of adultery. How do you catch someone in the act? Unless you've got the key to her house, right? Hello. <laughs> That's what commentators say. Yeah, every one of them had probably been with this woman. And so they catch her. I want you to picture, they grab, probably bring her by her hair. They drag her before Jesus. They throw her in Jesus. This poor woman probably had something tragic happen to her when she was young. Who knows? She probably doesn't like living how she's living. She's messed up. They bring her to Jesus. They said, hey, Moses. I mean, they, they were, you can see that, they, they were those hellfire preachers. That's what I was telling you about this morning. They said, hey, and they got their stones in their hands. They said, hey, Jesus. Moses says in the law, when you catch adulterers, you've got to stone them. What do you reckon? What's wrong with you guys? I haven't come to destroy people but to bless people. You know, the Old Testament was written on cold, hard tablets. Cold, hard stones. That's pretty much what the law is. It's cold and it's hard and it has no personality. It has nothing gracious about it. The law is perfect, but all the law does is show us how messed up we are. Jesus didn't come to give people more problems. He didn't come to execute the law. He came to fulfil the law. And he said, the law will bring you to sin. It'll bring you to no way out. But the Son of Man has come not to destroy men's life, but to seek and save the lost. So Jesus says, Jesus says to these men, they've all got stones. He says, yeah, let's stone the woman. And we're going to start with the one that has never sinned. It says starting with the oldest. In other words, the oldest one that sinned the most, he put his stone down first, then the middle, then the t- and then they all worked, walked away. There was none left except the woman and Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't slam her, preach an altar call to her, tell her, oh, look at you and you messed up. You know what he says to her? Actually, she reaches up to him. She's moved by the fact that he has the power but hasn't judged her. Jesus says, hey, where are your accusers? Is there no one here that condemns you? She says, there's no one here to condemn me, Lord. Listen to what Jesus says. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus doesn't condemn people. It's people that condemn people. Jesus saves people. The Holy Ghost convicts of sin. But I tell you, Jesus is here not to condemn you. He's here to save you. And that encounter with God's love, I believe that woman never went back to that old life. We can't prove that, but I just know that's how God works. Sometimes the way God breaks our heart is with love. Sometimes that's how He gets to us. And I think about the thief that was on the cross. Do you remember the thief on the cross that was next to Jesus? 
This man, he was a, he was a thief. Tea leaf, you guys say. He's a thief. <laughs> he, 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 was, he, was a, he was a bad man. He's, he's probably a murderer as well. This man is on the cross. He had been whipped, but he was still hard. He had been crucified, but he was still hard. Midway through that crucifixion, as the Son of God cried out, Father, forgive him. The thief on the cross, his heart got broken and the man changed his tune with Jesus. And now he became to justify God. And you know, when that story ends, Jesus says, hey, you're gonna be with me when I rise and I'm back in paradise. We're sitting down to eat bread today. I think it was the love of God that broke his heart. Jesus didn't lecture him, didn't tell him, what are you doing? He, he heard the love of God through the forgiveness of God. Love will break people's hearts. It's a powerful, powerful thing. So the love of God, it's seen in the ministry of Jesus. It's seen in the fact that He healed people, that He delivered people, that He loved people that were unlovable, touched the untouchable, reached people that no one would ever reach. There was nobody trying to get to Legion, that demoniac who was filled with 6,000 demons. Comment. How do you get 6,000 demons? Do you know how you get the first one? Then you get another 10, then they multiply until you've got thousands. This man was a one-walking principality. <laughs> he was a colony of demons. Jesus crosses over to see him. Nobody wants to see him. But Jesus went out of his way to go and see the man. The man comes before him. He wants to be delivered. And with one word, Jesus gets him set free. The word was, go. And it says all thousands of those demons ran into the pigs. Even pigs don't like demons. So they committed suicide, which is what those demons would have done to that man if they'd stayed in him. But God loves people even like Legion. And so he goes out of his way to help people. Here, let's pause here tonight. This, I hope this isn't too simple, but I wanna tell you God loves you. God loves you. That's the message of the Christ. God loves you. Now, it's seen in the ministry of Jesus, but the love of God, the highest demonstration of God's love is not seen in his healing ministry. It's seen in what he did on the cross. And I wanna paint this picture for you because so often we just, we, we, I don't know, we just don't get it. We just don't think this through. But I'm looking out tonight, I'm seeing lots of people that have sons here. Hands up if you have a son. You have a son. God's bless you, he's given you a son. You have a son. Now my son, he couldn't be here tonight, but I have a six-year-old son named Koa. It's like Noah, but with a K on the, on the start. Koa, Koa. The islanders say Koa. Koa is my only son that, I've ha that I have. Probably my only son that I will have. He's six. Now, I was there when my wife gave birth to him and I was there when, you know, before she gave birth, she carried him nine months and he used to, you know, kick my hand through the stomach. You know, I knew him before I knew him. And when he got out, I'm like, I've already met you. We've been hanging out for, for months. Now, I love this man. If anyone ever tried to hurt him, I would. Lord, just don't look for just, just, temp, just, just. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> He's my son. And what we just sometimes don't realise is Jesus was God's son and he would never have another son. 
He would never have another Jesus. He had one Jesus. And God was there that night when Jesus was conceived in Mary. And as the Father looked down and sent Gabriel, that messenger angel, to say, you were with child. Within your womb is God's Son. You better look after Him. You're gonna call His name Emmanuel, who'll be God with us. God was there watching over Jesus as Mary carried Him for nine months and the baby bump got bigger and bigger and bigger until that night when they were in Jerusalem, in the city, Bethlehem, where there was no room in the inn for God's Son. God saw the whole thing play out. He said, there's no room for my son who's a king. And so the king was born in an animal stable. God was there that night, that cold, starry, Israeli night when, the, when his son was born. He started getting excited. My son has been born. The father was there as his son grew in stature, wisdom, favour with men. And at 12 years, years of age, his son was in the temple. And the father was pleased. Man, my son is learning. He's becoming a teacher. Do you know, the father watched his son as he began to minister. It says that when Jesus was baptised with the Holy Ghost, God couldn't contain himself. And he just ripped open the heavens. This is my son, everybody. I'm so pleased with him. I'm proud of him and I love him. God, the fa he loved his son. And as Jesus began to minister, the father got excited. He said, oh my goodness, he is doing the work that I do. They said, where do you get these miracles from? And Jesus said, hey, they're not my miracles. I just do what the father does. The things I see my father do, I do those things. And there was such a closeness. God was being demonstrated to his generation through Jesus as he healed people, loved them, blessed them. Can you imagine then? How God the Father felt when one of the inner circle, one of his closest men, Judas Iscariot. You know what freaks me out about Judas is it doesn't say that a demon entered him. It says that, the, that Satan entered him. Whew. You're in trouble when that happens. We can cast out demons. I don't know about Satan. I don't know what he was up to. But it says, Satan entered Judas. Can you imagine the father as he looked? Where are you going, Judas? Are you going to the chief priests? You're betraying, you're betraying my son. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go and, and, and put him. And the father watched his son as he was betrayed and Judas brought the mob. And as that mob came and took his son by lawless hands and took him illegally, locked him up in jail overnight in Pontius Pilate's prison. This is what breaks you up. The father was there, church, that cold morning when they took Jesus out of prison. And those, you know, the Romans that, that scourged him, these guys were bodybuilders. These guys used to get all cracked up and drunk and they were professional torturers. They loved, they were, they were, loved to inflict pain on people. Can you imagine as the father watched his son being taken to the whipping post, as they tied the arms of Jesus to the whipping post and he watched as his son was whipped and flogged and beaten. What would you do if someone did that to your son? 
God is, I used to preach as well. I used to preach that Jesus was whipped 39 times. How many have heard that, that sit in, have been to church? It's not true. It's, it's incorrect. I've even heard sermons that there's 39 diseases for the 39 stripes. It's a cute sermon, but it's not true. The Bible says that Paul the Apostle was whipped 39 times twice by Jews, by Jews. Jesus was whipped by Romans. Jews had a law where you'd only whip a man 39. Romans didn't follow that law. And I had God challenge me. He had said, son, you better stop preaching that my son was whipped 39 times. Read Isaiah. Isaiah says that by the time they got through with whipping Jesus, he was so beaten and bloodied that he couldn't carry his cross. He had no strength left. Simon, the, one of the Simons, had to help Jesus carry his cross. And the Bible says he had lost so much blood and been so beaten that Jesus didn't even look like a man. He looked like a piece of meat. They'd whipped him and flogged him and God watched his son. And then God watched them as they put his son on the cross. His innocent son, his only son. He was the lamb of God. God watched them as they crucified his son. Jesus paid the price for our sins. So it's, it's fantastic the way that Jesus dies. No one has ever died like he died before. I heard a powerful clip. Somewhere, somehow, a preacher talked about how that Jesus on the cross did what no man has ever done, that he gave up his spirit. John 10 Jesus says, the Romans didn't take my life. Jews didn't take my life. I gave up my own life. He wasn't martyred. He gave his life for his friends. This is what I want to say this evening. God's love is demonstrated and seen in the fact that God gave Jesus for us. There's no higher love than that. God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That doesn't say that for God so loved the world, he forgave us. That's not what it says. For God so loved the world, he took our sins. It says for God so loved the world, he gave his son. He would never have another Jesus. So please don't ever, 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 ever say that you're not loved by God. God is crazy about you tonight. He gave His Son for your life. He loved His Son and yet He gave Jesus to pay for our sins. This breaks me up. You know, we need to give our entire lives to God. It's not good enough to become a Christian and give God 50%, 60%, 70%, even 99.9%. You've got to give Him 110%. He gave it all for us. So God God is love. God is love. He loves us. He proves it on the cross that his son was crucified for us. Here's the next part of the message. God is love. But by the way, he has power. It's God's love that moves him towards us. It's God's power that brings the miracle. Now, one of the things that is is such an incredibly important 
powerful thing that happens in services and you see this happen, you feel the atmosphere shift. It's when, as a preacher, you can convince the people how much God loves them. That's when miracles start happening. And you can feel the atmosphere in the, in the room shift because what happens is very often we come to God. There's people here tonight, you need God to do a miracle in your life. And many of you, you know God has the power to do it. You believe God can do it. Do you believe God can do it? You have a sickness. You believe He has the power. We know He can do it. Many of us have faith in God's power, which is faith. You need faith in God's power. But what God really wants you to have tonight is not faith, just that He can and that He has the ability and that He has the power, but faith that because God loves you, He wants to heal you. I see more people get healed when they catch on to this truth. Because many of us, we come to God with a bit of a, it's just like a sterile faith. God, I have faith. I'm believing you have the power. Hook me up with a miracle. Hard to get a miracle that way. You've got to come to God believing the reason He's gonna heal your body is because He loves you. And as He looks at your body that is ridden with cancer and sees those things that ought not to be there, it's not just that He has the power, but He wants to heal you. You're His child. If our kids come to us and they've hurt ourselves, they don't have to beg us and nor do they run to a stranger. They run to the parent because they know the parent has their love for them. I would think I had a strange kid if my child banged their knee and said, Dad, I know you have the ability to help me. I know you have the power. I'd say, what a strange kid. When a kid falls down and hurts himself, they run into the arms of mum. They run into the arms of dad because they know that person in the entire world cares for me the most and they're gonna help me. God is love. What God wants you to have is faith in His love for you. Amen. To believe the reason we're getting miracles tonight is not because God can, because He wants to. The reason people are gonna leave here whole is not because God has power. Of course He has power. The devil knows that. Of course He has power. But what you really need to know is God is inclined towards you. You're gonna get a miracle because God loves you. God's gonna visit your marriage because He cares about that marriage. God's gonna deliver you in your mind because He wants you to have a renewed mind. God's gonna save your backslidden, unsaved loved ones because He don't want them to go to hell. God's gonna deliver you from those chemicals because He wants you to get high on the most high and He wants you to be chewing on the gospels, not on those other pills, amen. Have you had your pills this morning? I hope you've had your medication. Amen. I still ask, people say, so you don't get high anymore. No, I still get high, but I'm getting high on the most high. Amen. And He never drops you down, never crashes you, but He keeps you up there. Glory to God. Isn't it a new way to look at God? Faith in God's love, not just in His power. God is love. By the way, He has power to blow your world apart. You detonate a miracle tonight. I've seen things, some things you can't talk about what you see. People wouldn't believe you. The things you see in the third world, the miracles. <laughs> I saw things I wasn't sure if I saw them, but I did see them. Seeing people set free. I, I tell you, I was telling the church, uh, was telling your pastor, I think, last night at dinner 
some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen in the ministry I've been a part of, the miracles that God's done was last month, two months ago in Papua New Guinea, I saw crippled people walking. I saw a little eight-year-old girl that came into a service. Looked like she was four because she was so small and she'd never walked. I saw Jesus Christ heal the girl in a service. The girl walked. She walked on stage. As she walked, her legs got straighter and she walked down a step back to her mum. That's the love of God. God healed her because he loves her. I don't know why people get sick. I know that we do get sick. I don't know why some of our, the, our lives have worked out how they've worked out. I know that there's just stuff that happens. There's things that we do. There's things that are put on us. There's a real devil. I don't know why all the mess comes, but I do know there is a God in heaven who is sitting on the throne tonight. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's got time for you. He's not too busy for you. You don't inconvenience him. And he is ready to work a miracle for you. But you've got to come to him with faith that he cares about you. God, because you love me, I'm getting a miracle. God is love and he has power. You know, I heard a preacher say many years ago that God is most looking for human relationship from us. What is it that God wants from us? We weren't created robots. Amen, we're not AI. We weren't created robots because God doesn't want robots. What does God most want from us? He wants us to love Him. He wants us to spend time with Him. He wants us to believe in His promises. Listen, if the Bible said that we can be healed, we can be healed tonight. The Bible says that poverty is not our portion. We can believe for blessing. If the Bible says that He wants to bring revival, we believe in for revival. If the Bible says that He'll supply our needs, He'll supply our needs. We just gotta believe what God's Word says. And we come before Him in faith. Childlike faith that causes us to run into the arms of God. Faith is a powerful, powerful dimension. And I heard a statement about faith. What is faith? Faith is believing that God will do what He said in His Word He would do. Many people think faith is like blind. I'm just believing God. I, have blind, I don't have blind faith. My faith is in Jesus tonight. I walk by faith and not by sight. And when I find a promise in God's Word that He said it, whether I see it the first time I pray it or the thousandth time I pray it, God will do it and He'll make it good. And I believe that God's Word can be counted on. God wants to minister to people tonight. I wonder all the needs that are represented here, things that are deep, deep in the heart. A lot of things come from childhood. A lot of the things that we, that we carry on and even things, spirits that are released and rejection is a massive thing in our generation and people feeling rejected. Not having a good relationship with their father. Never been told that they've been loved or valued. I speak tonight as if God himself was here. He would tell you, you are valued 
You were handcrafted. You're accepted. You have a purpose. God cares about you. He wants you to be in heaven with him. He's crazy about you tonight. (laughs) He's crazy about you. For God has so loved the world. Oh man, in the book of 1 John, you know, I I love John because John was the son of thunder originally. Remember him? Shall we kill him, Lord? Let's do that Elijah thing. Fire. Jesus says, no, no, no. We're not here to burn people. We're here to save people. Not here to destroy, but to give life. But you know, John came into contact with Jesus, didn't he? And he walked so close with Jesus that at the end of John's ministry, the books he writ were love books. All of his epistles were about the love of God. John got born again, amen? (laughs) See, you walk with God, what, what will happen? The love that we need to give people out there, we don't carry that around in our own selves. In other words, the people need to be loved, but the love that we can give, it's gonna to be too shallow. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad or put in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So part of the Jesus ministry is we spend so much time before God that he influences us, his love comes in us, and when we go out there, we're moved with compassion towards people to bless them and help them, it's God's love moving through us. Because people, I mean, people need love, but our love is not enough. A hug can't deliver people. Kind words can help, but people need God's love. Well, God's love is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit puts it in there, and we just love on people. We go and help them. God's gonna, I feel, I feel a liberty here. I just know that at this altar, things are gonna drop off people's lives that have needed to drop off a long time ago. You're not carrying these things. We're not leaving here burdened. You're gonna drop all your luggage off at the altar. You're gonna drop the chains off at the altar. We're gonna leave those foul spirits at the altar. And when we leave, we've got the cleaners coming with the vacuum cleaners. They're gonna vacuum those things out. We're gonna flush them down the drain. We're gonna set them on fire and we're gonna be set free tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a hand of praise in this place. Father, we love You for Your glory, for Your love and Your power. We thank You for Your mercy tonight. Jesus.